I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Ah, uh, welcome to Preach Care Preach. We are the prophets here, my boy Rashad. Uh, coming at you, man. Shout out to, uh, not shout out, but, you know, we want to pay homage and remembrance of Martin King Jr. Uh, for what he has done, you know, for for Americans, Black Americans especially. Um, you know, all the things that happened in the civil rights. Uh, so we, we pay homage, moment of silence, however you want to do it, uh, for Martin King Jr. <clears throat> Rashad, what's going on? Uh, not much. Yeah, I know everybody, you know, the people who do have the luxury of getting it, people enjoyed their MLK day off. But at the same time, he was way more than just a day off. He paved the way for where society is today, whether that's in the, the sports realm of you. You have uh, everybody coming together, no matter race or nationality. Then you also have just in the workplace or when you go to the movies, they got there's so many good movies out there aren't separated theaters or there aren't separated you know separated or segregated restaurants things like that so he made a major impact in the world today that we live in and uh much respect and kudos to mlk and of course his living family who still carry on his legacy yeah definitely uh i didn't i didn't have the luxury of having the day off but i did take me a extended period lunch and that was my <laughs> that was my remembrance uh uh you know for the mlk day uh, you know, it, it was a great lunch too. As a matter of fact, it was you know peaceful, quiet, and and long. I, I like, I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, MLK had to represent for him some kind of way, right? <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, let's get into the. Uh, hey, we had a lot of a lot of sports on, to unpack this past weekend. We finally have our you know all the, all the games played. We finally had the two remaining teams in the Super Bowl. So let's start off with the AFC side. Uh, Chiefs versus Titans. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was a, you know, it wasn't as bad as the Texans being up, but we, we said we said last time that whoever's up in this game is going to be hard for the other team to come back, especially if it's three possessions. Uh, Titans got up 10-0. Uh, Chiefs was able to come back and make it 10-7. And then I didn't get nervous until Titans went up 17-7. I was like, hold on now, Chiefs. Y'all, you know, you know y'all, y'all need to settle down. And then eventually they did. They, they pulled the double, double whammy on the Titans. Two touchdowns right before the end of the half, and then start the second half. So um, they did their part, got up, and Tennessee had to abandon the plan- game plan. Yeah, I thought Tennessee needed to get up by at least twenty or so to even have a, a shot at it, and even that would have still been modest considering, you know, when you got such an explosive offense that can bomb you for one play, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I thought Tennessee would have to get up by at least twenty. If, if Tennessee would have had the lead that Texans had, depending upon what point in the game you're at, it might be effective. But when you, you know, like you said, 17-7, it's still early in the game. 
it's just so much opportunity to come make a comeback or throw a throw a haymaker and you got a bomb touchdown it's right back in at 17 14 so it was a good game like i I think everybody expected it to be a good, close, competitive game until, mm-hmm. of course, Kansas City just kind of overwhelmed them with their firepower. Yeah, I think the Titans played a good 25 minutes to start the game. You know, it was, uh, what, 30 minutes uh, each half. And I kind of – when they got the ball back and I was like, okay, I understand the run the clock down, try not to let them score a touchdown. And when it works, it's great. And when it doesn't, it look, it looks terrible. And they, they was able to run the clock down, put it away, and, you know, Mahomes made a spectacular play, avoiding rushes. I really don't know how he got out of that. I know at the end they tried to strip the ball out and he ended up falling forward. So that was that. I think that drive was the, I want to say, game changer because when it was, when it was seven, I think it was 17, 14 at that time, when they got the ball back and they were able to score a touchdown and go up, it, I, don't know, I don't know if Tennessee was scared, but – it 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 did it did like it changed the way that they played and you know Frank Clark to me still delusional what he said about uh, Derek Henry wasn't the best running back and he hit he he's not hard to tackle well from what I saw it was five Chiefs on him every time he got tackled I didn't see one guy bring him down so I don't know what what he, and after the game you know he had this big old speech about y'all shouldn't doubt me okay Derek Henry was stopped the sixty nine rushing yards but we talked about the strength of the Titans. And the strength of the Chiefs are, you know, are two different things, run versus the pass. And Chiefs got up, you couldn't run the ball no more. And, you know, that was, to me, that was the, the most deciding factor. Yeah, once somebody gets a lead on Tennessee more than, uh, I would say more than 10 points and time is winding down, you're always inclined to abandon the run because you're trying right. to you're trying to make up ground for us points-wise. And you also got to account for we got to get the ball back and still make another push. So you kind of have to – abandon the run to a certain degree but they still had a good game plan it's just once you their style of play like their is kind of like their option one run the ball option two run and pass then option three is just strictly pass so you kind of start looking all right well we don't want to get to option three because that's when you're going to probably lose the game right and it was uh i think what Derrick henry had like what three carries in the second half i mean that's not that's not tennessee way that's not a tennessee football style and when that happens, that's the reason why the game turned the way it did. And I think what I, I was sitting there watching, and then okay, Tennessee still has a shot. You're down 28 17. You, you still have a shot. And then boom, Sammy Watkins, bomb, who we haven't heard of Sammy Watkins since we week one in fantasy. Uh, so it's been a long time. And uh, hey, he, he did in the right moment, though. So shout out to Sammy for, for making a big play. And hey, this Chiefs, man, I mean, it's just too many weapons. I just, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. Um, the running backs don't have to be good when you have Miko Harmon can can take a, a wide receiver's uh, sweep to the you know for thirty yards or something like that, and you got Sammy over top. So I think everybody's playing their role. And I remember we said this; it had to be a while ago. But when we're talking about who who we think it was a pretender, I remember we been, we both mentioned the Texans, and then I mentioned the Chiefs to an extent as far as two things: they teams that who make who win the Super Bowl run the ball and stop the run. And when we get to the NFC side, it's the reason why that team is in the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs team finally got that together. They they was able they they couldn't they couldn't run the ball. They haven't they haven't figured that out. But but stopping the run, they made it. And I think stopping Derrick Henry, you know, game tackling that was the key to success. Because if you got him, let him get going, one thing Derrick Henry didn't have that I thought he would was that sixty yard pop that he always has. He didn't get it this time. 
Yeah, normally it just kind of comes by way of volume. Like he'll get so many, and he's wearing defense down, so he can then break one. But right. once the, once they kind of started veering away from the run, it kind of limited his opportunities to set the defense up to break one. So I mean, I can't say that they really stopped the run. Granted, like when you look at the box score, it says they stopped the run. Right. But, it, but it's kind of just by default of all right. Now we have to abandon it to still remain competitive for the game. So, and that's my main thing for the Chiefs winning the game. They should have. They could have. They should have and could have won a regular season matchup. But I just still. I just knew like speed kills. You got Hill, Hartman, Sammy. At some point, like it's just gonna be too overwhelming because playing fantasy. I think for about seven, eight weeks straight, there was like always one receiver who was gashing Tennessee for a hundred, over a hundred yards. Like if you play mm-hmm. DraftKings, you knew like, all right, I need to get a whoever playing Tennessee. I need one of the receivers because they're gonna get me a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, at some point when you got that that speed across so many levels, plus best tight end in the game, it's gonna be overwhelming to a certain degree at some point. Yeah, on the Chiefs side, I think you know you talk about the fast and speed. This that one of those games where, where you look at it and you be like, okay, who you know that's you know that saying about uh fast people get slow and then while big people they stay big, you know, that's that is something that was interesting in looking at. And uh, you know, Tennessee got some big people, like at least on the offensive side. And I thought, you know, their offensive big guys eventually were down in Kansas City. And Chris Jones, he wasn't playing that much to begin the game. I think that's you know, that that's something that changed. I think Chris Jones just say sucked, sucked it up and said, Hey. It's time to play because you know he was only playing third downs, which you know that's on that first drive he got that I think that pressure sack on Tannehill got to a field goal, but then the second drive he didn't he didn't play the first second down they didn't right right down the field again. Then he started playing every single down, and I think I think Tennessee just couldn't handle it because Chris Jones is a monster. I think he's yeah. he, he's a monster. Yeah, it was just go hard or go home. He didn't want to leave the game with any regrets of what if I didn't play or all that kind of <laughs> right. stuff. So. So for his his mental state and probably for his team's sake of, I feel like my brothers need me. I got to go out there and play. He he had to go in and step up. Um, uh, it's big decisions for Tennessee this offseason. So we see to me, this is this is why it comes down to my philosophy of why you don't pay running backs. So here you go. Do the Titans pay Henry? And but the reason why you don't pay was right there because you said once once the run was abandoned. Like he was pretty much useless, right? And so for a guy who's going to make, he, he's probably going to get fourteen million dollars. Let's say, for example, and if, if they're losing, I mean, what else? Can, what else is he going to do? He's not that. He's not McCaffrey on Barkley in the running game. Uh, he, he's more of that Adrian Peterson mode of you know, it's it's an all day type of thing. I'm, I'm gonna run down your throat all day, but if I if I have to catch the ball, you know, you you might give me a screen every now and then, but it's not like it's consistent. And then another situation they have to worry about is, okay, do they pay Tannehill and for how long? Because he's a quarterback to me. I think he's in that that class of, you know, your peaks and valleys. Like you had this guy with him, your peak is making the A's championship game, maybe a Super Bowl depending on your luck and who you're playing against. Why you're gonna have those valleys of, okay, you eight and eight because you know, let's say AJ Brown missed. Terry ACL, no no injuries wishing on pump people, but he Terry ACL out for the whole season, or you know your best defensive player goes out, you know those those different situations that you can't really control, and they might go seven and nine, so they they'll have a good range seven and nine, and, and see how far they got today. Now, can you pay someone like that who has a peaks and valleys and for for a long time, and pay him like you know those are questions I want to see Tennessee answer. 
Yeah, as far as Tannehill goes, they really can't bind themselves to him long term because he had a great, great year. And, of course, the talent that's there is going to probably remain there as far as Corey Davis. They signed Humphreys, A.J. Brown. So you have the weapons to support him if you decide to give him a franchise tag, two-year deal. Nothing more than a three-year deal, I would suggest. Nothing more than three. I would just stick to two. Um, so you do have the weapons there to support him because this would be his best coach team and best, like I said from the beginning, like this is his best coach team and his, the best weapons he's had. Because in Miami, you didn't really have that run game. Of course, Gates wasn't the top. I'm not trying to say Rabel was just the greatest of all time either. Right, right, right. But, but, he, but he's better than Gates in my opinion. So Tannehill does have the weapons to be viable if they decide to re- retain him. As far as Henry, I don't. I think Tennessee has to be cautious. I couldn't – does he have the leverage? I'm the Russian champion. Uh, but he led the league in touchdowns as well. So he does have the leverage to go command – 13, 14 million. I need to be the best paid back in the league. But at the same time, why on the franchise, the ownership and the GM side, why would you do that when he's he's not Le'Veon Bell or Gurley, who is a multi-dimensional back? Granted, he hasn't been hurt, but at the same time, you still got to think about, all right, this guy, when the game is not in our favor as far as playing with a lead or playing on an even playing field of a 17-17 type of game, 20-17 type of game. We have we can still run the ball, but when we're, we're not in that predicament, we have to abandon the run. So you kind of have to look at your options and say, hey, maybe we give him 12, 11 and a half, but I couldn't make him the best. Even though he's playing like the best RB in the game, I couldn't make him the highest paid RB in the game just for financial reasons and long-term reasons. But if you decide to do it because you are one of the smaller market teams in the NFL, the best thing you can do is just go draft a RB that does supplement what he lacks and could potentially be your next key key back like a Jonathan Taylor or there's Dobbins out there or even even Swift from Georgia. I mean, there there are options. We know ETN is going with the Clemson, so he's off the board now, but there are options out there that you can draft. Because Deion Lewis is probably out. He, was, he, he really was a failure in Tennessee, honestly. <laughs> he did nothing this year <laughs> at all. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that's the exact plan. I I would say. I would I would limit uh, limit them and say we're gonna run this back one more time. Um, <clears throat> franchise tag Henry, transition tag Tannehill, and running back one more time because, like I said, I think this this team this team is good. I, like we've been saying, this team is winning despite of the quarterback play, and <clears throat> if Tannehill's a guy that has the has the the peaks and valleys. Okay, this might be the best y'all can get. Like, cause one, it's my it's a Mahomes league now. You're in the AFC South. I mean, AFC, so you you can't escape him. Um, then you got the Ravens, who at least structurally will always be there. Uh, Pittsburgh going to fix their quarterback situation um, at some point, and the Patriots they're never going to go anywhere. So don't don't think that Tannehill and Henry are the key to success, which they they have been this season. But like you say, I I mean, we talk about the weapons. They'll get Delaney Walker back. He might not be the same. Corey Davis, definitely not good as his draft capital. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee, yeah, you're right about that. Draft J.K. Dobbins or or, or Swift. And, and and if you pay Henry, at least you got a, a cheaper running back for another four years, kind of similar to DeMarco Murray and then uh, Derrick Henry they did before. Yeah, like it all bounces out. Then. Like if, if you pay one RB and you have the, the rookie scale, it's kind of like, well, we got the, 
we got two for two for with that price. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for basically like two for sixteen million dollars. We had the rookie money plus you know whatever he was doing. So it's kind of like we got two RBs for this amount of money. So you have to look at it from that stand, that standpoint yeah. versus saying are we we overpaid and now it's a bad deal. Well, yeah, Tannehill may be the best they can do, but I think at some point within this year or next, they should start trying to draft their quarterback. Um, I'm not sure who would really fit there because a guy like Jake Fromm is more – he's viewed more as a game manager, so I don't think that would fit them because you kind of need somebody who can take the top off at some point. And Tannehill is good with a deep ball. Like he, yeah. him, that, the, him and the A.J. Brown and him and the Tajay Sharp, those were some – major connections this year so you kind of just like who can take the top off so i wouldn't reach i wouldn't reach or i wouldn't look at like a, a jordan love because you don't really know how good he really is because he had an iffy up and down college career so it kind of depends on what range you're in of what you can get for a potential qb successor but for the time being as a stopgap i would keep Tannehill. And my thing is you have to have a, a, a good QB because Watson's in your division, so that's the best QB. So you, yeah. need somebody, you, you need somebody who can at least not outdo him but at least be somewhat competitive with him if it comes down to a, a matchup of, all right, we got – he's the best, but can we, with our other talent, keep up with what the Texans are offering? Uh, somebody just thought of – Do you do you count this as a – a lucky run by Tennessee. Um, me, by that I mean like, okay, you have you you have so now not only did you didn't like okay let me just play paint this picture out. Andrew Luck retired. We both had I had coach going to the Super Bowl before he retired. That was our too. preseason. All right, so we both had the same preseason pick in the AFC. So with him retiring, that knocks them out of playoff contention. Essentially. Big Ben get hurt week one, knocks them out. You know the defense played really, really great. Okay, um, who else? Did you had you had yeah? I, I want to say the Nick Foles, but um, you had the Patriots. Now all of a sudden the offense is just not good anymore. Yeah, you know, well even though it was a t- still a statistically wise top, a top half offense, we know that the Patriots offense was lacking this season. Okay, so they kind of you know they were up and down, and not only that, Patriots losing to Miami. Costs them to buy, making the Chiefs the two, and they were going to play Kansas City. And do you think Kansas City would have beat Tennessee in the wild card? Most likely, right? Yeah, it would have been the same result, yeah. Same same team, same same, result. Same result as we saw this past weekend. So it's kind of like, do you think this is a lucky run? Or, I mean, I'm not going to take them into Tennessee because I like Tennessee a lot, but do you think this uh, circumstances and they capitalized, or you think it was just lucky of of how the thing just played, played out? No, nah, I I don't want to say it's lucky because uh, it, it, everything takes preparation too. I mean, you anybody can get quote unquote lucky, but if you're not prepared to seize that moment, right. or you really you're not really lucky. So you have to have put in the work and be prepared for for those moments, and that's kind of what they did. They they seized their moment. It's no different than Toronto seizing their moment when they got Kawhi and made a trade for Gasol and went all in. Oh, KD's down. That's our, <laughs> that, that's our championship now. LeBron, LeBron in the West, and he got hurt? Oh, this is easy. So that's just kind of how it is. You have to also be prepared to handle that moment if you're given that moment. And that's what Tennessee did. They they knew Mariota wasn't 
cutting it. So they went out and got Tannehill to potentially supplant Mariota if need be. It took them six weeks. They made the move, and they went on a, a phenomenal back half run once they got Tannehill. Um, I don't think it's lucky that he had one of the best pass ratings in the league. I don't think it's lucky that Derrick Henry led the league in rushing yards. Even after sitting out of the game, he still <laughs> led the right. league in rushing yards. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just I think certain things kind of – Certain things kind of helped and hurt them because by going to a Fort Mariota, who's to say that if you don't start Tannehill sooner, maybe you get to 10 or 11 wins, then that changed the seeding in the playoffs. So, you you know, you can play a lot of what it is, but at the end of the day, they, they did what they did with Tannehill. They won the seven games. They got in the playoffs. New England um, just didn't have the firepower in Tennessee. Visit Hellsburg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details. You took advantage of it. They ran the ball and got the win. Uh, Edelman had a drop. That's just what it is. Uh, the Ravens sat their guys for, for a week, had a bye week, and then came back rusty and couldn't get going, and Lamar didn't play the best. This is kind of you got to chalk it up today. It's just when those moments arrive, you got to be prepared to deal with it. That's what Tennessee did. They, they made the most of their opportunity. Moving to the NFC, uh, San Francisco versus the Green Bay Packers, a rematch I think of week 12, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with four down to dominate that game, and the scoreboard was closer, but once again, the four down to dominate again. And uh, I, I'm not going going into this game, I was sitting there like the, the, the best way to stop the Green Bay Packers is stop Devontae Adams. If you can stop Devontae Adams, I mean, you that means you're you're begging for Jimmy Graham and Steinberger, Steinberger, who finally got him a touchdown. You're begging for Allison and MVS and uh, Lazard to to show up and show up in this in this big moment against that great defense. You know, I think the task would have been hard. Um, I think San Francisco did whatever they wanted to do, and I'll, and you know how we talked about like the team's weaknesses are the reasons why they be going home. I, I think that's that's another thing in this situation. Uh, you know, while the Ravens went home, while uh, Minnesota went home, while Buffalo went home, while the Texans went home, like we we every every everybody's weakness showed up at the wrong time. And I think in this situation, the same thing happened. Um, but to, to, an, to an degree that Green, Bay, Green Bay's uh, defensive coordinator, in my opinion, all he, he, his, his defense is based on stopping the pass first, and then we stop the run. And when you play on a run-heavy team, uh, like 49ers, who was a 50, like a 50-50 team, which is, was ranks like then they're dead last in the NFL in that, in that category, then, you know, Th- those odds are not going to play out because if you if you if you can't stop the run because I think they I think their base formation is nickel so they they don't have the, another linebacker out there and on top of that they're not big up front and the trenches <laughs> I mean I don't know how many teams weaknesses are the trenches I feel like that's a you know I don't know the four nineers are just too great in the trenches or or is that every team's need because it feel like every time every team they run up against it just ain't got enough yeah the four nineers they're just built the right way and. Their play calling is just—I mean, it's it's at an all-time level right now. Like Kyle Shanahan, he—he's operating at a, at a high clip with the plays he's calling, and they're just built so great, man. Even 
they they've survived McKinnon being hurt, Breida being hurt, Cohen being hurt. I mean, some people don't even know who Mostert is, and this dude taking a top off of four TDs over two hundred yards. I mean, so man, that's stuff like that. That's just that's just being built properly, coached properly. You know, it's it's just so many things you can say about the Forty ers how they execute it. Uh, Green Bay's downfall is ultimately a slow start. You cannot start slow against a team that has a great running game and a great pass rush. So once you your your best weapon are your two errands. So once you get behind, you have to basically eliminate the run game of Aaron Jones and go strictly pass. So now right. your your best thing you have to do is throw the ball, and their best thing is their pass rush. So that's a that's basically a wash. <laughs> and then it's not like the fourth. Our secondary is you know chopped liver. These guys are Richard Sherman's an all time corner, and you got good secondary. So you're not going to just be throwing the ball down the field hitting. I mean, granted, in the second half, they got some passes going, but when you're down 27 nothing, you're right. forced to you're, you're forced to throw it basically every play after that. You you they did hand it to Jones to a certain degree, but they still just they still weren't gonna get back in the game that fast. They tried, but the running game is just too it was just too good to be stopped. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say it right now, Cal Shanahan, outside of Bill Belichick. Is the best coach in football. I, I just don't. I just. I've. I've been saying it for a minute, and I've been thinking it for a long time. I just didn't want to say it, and it just. It just. I don't. I don't know what he can't do. Like it doesn't matter what the who he's playing against. He played against. I mean, I mean, and the, the thing about it, they can play any style of football, and that's that's scary. I mean, you can outscore a team like the New Orleans Saints, 48-46. Uh, you can play that rigid style. You know. Rough, rough on rough versus like the Minnesota Vikings. They had to pound them in the ball, pounded them, pounded them, pounded them. Did the same thing this week against Packers, pounded them, pounded them. Jimmy G only threw the ball nine times. Like, with I think what threw the ball what six times in the first half or something like that, some crazy number. Like, th- this is something that can be scary. And you know, going forward, you know, in the future, hey, they're gonna have McKinnon back at some point. He's gonna play at least a few games in four nights before he get hurt again or something, but. Coleman, I don't know if he's going to play Super Bowl, but you know if he's there, like these guys, he's doing it with, he's doing it with undrafted guys. He's doing it with the guys he paid the money. He he's not even using them, and and that's that's the scary part. So um, yeah, I think I think Kyle Shanahan is the best coach. He should, in my opinion, should win Coach of the Year. He might not get it because because John Lynch won Executive. I don't think they're going to pair both of them together, but uh, I still think they both should get it. And it's I mean it's kind of like the 49ers, man. I just it, it, it just it just an all watching them. Um, third and eight, we were in like a trap play to the crib, thirty yards. Like I mean, come on, I just I was like, come on, thirty eight. That, that that what you do, and it, it worked perfectly. I just I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta give dude a shout out because he got paid by the Forty ers and he's really been their unsung hero, Kyle Uschick. That dude is phenomenal. Yeah. Like. Like the old line does their job, the tight ends, Kittle, Dwelle, whoever's in there, they do their job. But but Kyle is like one of their key calls. Like he's a he's a tone setter for that team with his blocks and the way he knows how to just get right in position to spring the, the RB. I think he's their their unsung hero. So definitely give him a a, a big shout out because I mean, who really uses fullbacks? Like they're yeah. I, I don't know. New England does it from time to time and. Uh, the Ravens kind of went more tight end heavy, like three tight ends. But 
49ers brought back the fullback, man. And that, and that was kind of almost like deleted from the game for yeah. a while. I would say New England. Uh, I know Minnesota uses theirs. I'm trying to think of any other team besides those three. 49ers, New England, Minnesota. It got to be somebody else. I don't think so. I think I think that's yeah, the only three heaviest teams. And New England only use theirs really much on goal line, though. Like, you know, like the short yard situation. Yeah, yeah. they'll put James Devlin in. They'll bring somebody in to play the role of fullback. So it's not a whole lot of teams to use the fullback. So that's just a kudos to, I guess, from Kyle Shanahan's dad being Mike Shanahan, who, you know, he loved the power run game as a coach. John Lynch is from that era where they ran the ball heavy, had fullbacks. So – I guess it's Mike kind of, yeah. I guess it kind of just a, a, a nod to that to that era of how they built teams back then. So I definitely want to get that much respect to Kyle Juszczyk and how Kyle Shanahan and crew use him. And Green Bay's biggest thing that kind of pivots off of that was they could not get off blocks. That's why you got most of breaking thirty yarders and nobody can even get a get a finger fingernail on it because yeah. they couldn't get off their blocks. So four nines being built. Through the trenches, having used check and good tight ends that can make good blocks, it was just Green Bay's downfall. They couldn't stop the run. Yeah, I would say Green Bay's downfall is the fact that they're too small. Um, outside of Kenny Clark, I mean, what do you what do you expect a corner to do or a safety to do versus Kittle in space, or even even the touchdown that uh, that Mostert had in the, I think in the second quarter when uh, Debo Samuel smacked him, he couldn't do nothing. About it. He couldn't do nothing about it. So. Yeah, I think Packers, Packers, Packers definitely have to get bigger. Um, because I mean, yes, yes, uh, Tennessee's big mint didn't happen in the Kansas City game, but like I said, in the fourth quarter, big people don't get smaller. So uh, that's 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 something that Green Bay definitely has to has to look forward to. Because even I don't think what's name played that much. Uh, Rashawn Gary, the one they drafted from Michigan, I I don't remember seeing him out there on the field that much. Yeah, they they need some more speed and size. Just I mean, just the Smith. Zedaire is impressive. That, that's, that's that's great, but <laughs> I mean, they to me they should go about building their defense how kind of how Seattle Legion of Boom built theirs with Savage and Alexander all those guys. They they should go about building their defense the secondary because that way as teams do want to pass, you got respect that you can go. You got a Cam Chancellor type dude go knock somebody out, and you right. got some, <laughs> or, or, or Earl Thomas. You got some you got some fear back there versus you know. Once people people aren't scared to throw the ball on you, and they're not scared to run the ball on you. Uh, do you? All right. So one last question with the Packers: How how big is their their window with Aaron Rodgers still left? Uh, because you talk about what they got what they got to fix, and that's just on defense. When you have to fix the offensive line to a certain degree, and their biggest weakness has always been who's the second receiver. Once once Jordan Nelson got old and Adams was the second receiver, and then Cobb left. Who 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 was Aaron Rodgers counting on? Now I know people want to blame Aaron Rodgers a lot, uh, which you know hold on to the ball too long and you know the fumbles. Okay, yes we had to, we had to say that's his fault too. But you know who are you gonna throw to? Like I I seen you know the little angle that they have now where it's straight line with the quarterback's view. I didn't see anybody open. You you, you just want you, do y'all want Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball and hope like hope for the best? <laughs> if, if you ask Colin Cocker, here, yeah. Aaron you know, Rodgers has to take chances. He's too you safe. What hey, you want him to do? You want you want to make bad bad decisions? I don't. I, you know, I would never look. I would never. You want him to be Jameis Winston? Is that is that the quarterback we we strive to be? No. So I mean, so how how, how big is the window? Because 
you know, he's not getting any younger. Um, I, I would say his prime to me is over. I th- I still think he's a obviously a top, you know, top 10 quarterback. Um, but can he be the guy that's no matter what can will you to, you know, will you to the playoffs just, you know, just because he's Aaron Rodgers? You know, I don't know. I I I think now you need more help and like when you play a team like the 49ers, like who you know, like who who has that great pass rush <clears throat> and have and have the decent corners to, to to cover, if you can shut down Adams, I mean, what else can you do? And I mean, they, it's not like they didn't try. They tried. They drafted the MVS. They drafted. Um, I want. I think. I think they. I want to say they drafted like six or seven receivers in the last three, four years, and obviously none of them pop. So, I think. I had it in my mock. My mock. My, my mock draft 1.0. Them getting a receiver because. You need to you need to you need to help Aaron Rodgers as best you can because he's 34, 35 years old. He he's getting older by the day. Uh, as far as their window, I'm going two to three more years, which is around the time I think Rodgers will retire. Um, so I think next year that'll be his second year under Matt LaFleur, so he can kind of learn some more nuances of that of the system and they can start looking at, all right, this is what we did great. What we don't do great, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. They can kind of start putting all that all that together. And then I would just say you know, an additional two more years after that as far as getting some receivers and uh, stuff like that. But it, my thing is I don't, I don't like drafting receivers and I don't like drafting – Cornerbacks, because you just never, <laughs> and you you just never know how those two positions will translate to the NFL. Now, granted, Green Bay isn't the best marketplace for us, like bringing guys over. But I would just try to look at signing somebody. I mean, I understand they may not have the cap space right now. I look at the salary cap. If they don't have the cap space, or if they don't, have, you know, I would just say they need to go get somebody like a Robbie Anderson or a. Brandon Cooks. They need somebody alongside. I mean, those aren't the best two options, but that's better than what you have right now. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, so it's because when, when you're and this is no disrespect to anybody, but Lazard showed flashes. There were times Allison showed flashes. There were you know MVS has shown flashes here and there. Kumaro showed some flashes, but. You don't need flashes. You don't need no disco light. You, you, Give me some assistance. Yeah, you don't need a disco light flashing off. No, you, need, <laughs> you, you need the light to stay on. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So you need to go get somebody who's a proven receiver and who's ready to win. So if you can make a trade for a Brandon Cooks, we know the Rams probably want to get off of his deal. If you can go get a Brandon, Brandon, even though he's often injured, I mean, much respect because he, you know, he's had a lot of concussions, so he could have some brain stuff going on. So. I don't want to make light of his situation, but if you can get a Brandon Cooks or Robbie Anderson or just some other guys who are who are coming up on on the free agent market, potentially AJ Green who's dying to win, if you can get somebody who can just be alongside Adams, and then you can kind of let these other guys fill that third and fourth role where they probably actually fit in a way, you're probably better off. Two things. Two things before I move on. So, one, if Brandon Cooks go to the to the Packers. Has Brandon Cooks not been the blessed receiver of all time when it comes to situations like oh, yeah, Saints, by New Orleans, Patriots, Patriots, Rams, <laughs> Rams? Like, and he goes to the Packers, man. That just, you know, that just that. First of all, is it should be the same system. Lafleur, McVay, they all are from the same people. So, you know, that that is an easier transition. And even Zach Taylor, AJ Green, or even though AJ Green didn't play in it, he still learned it. So, 
Um, but yeah, I, I think those two are good are good options as well. <clears throat> and you know, Robbie Anderson, he might you, you might not say, oh, he might be a great option, but he also worked for uh, Adam Gates, and we've seen the likes of Kenyon Drake, Ten Hill, and and Devontae Parker be free. So you know, Robbie Anderson could be an elite receiver. We just don't know about it yet. Um, but also, I think the window, like you said, two or three years, but it, it, it always stays open just because I think the division they're in, I think if they were in the NFC West with, like, if you, let's say you swap them out with Arizona Cardinals, then I would say it's closed. Um, just, just, just trying to battle with Seattle, um, you know, 49ers and, and the Rams, I just think that's too much. I think with this division, and this division is more of a roller coaster than anything, like, the Lions are going to lion. That's that's the that's the catchphrase. They they might get eight wins, but they might most likely be four or five, right? And then the Bears, they're, they they cycle where they're eleven and five, four and twelve, eight and eight, and then Minnesota is the probably the most only consistent threat that they have, where they'll be eight and eight to twelve and four, any of that range. So I, I think be, maybe because of that, that they they will get to be open because let's say next year. If, if Bears don't do anything with Mr. Trubisky, the Lions, I mean, they have a lot of different holes to fill. And Minnesota are going to be going to be are going going, going to be going through different changes this 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 season because you know Rose contract, Griffin, and you got do you do you pay Cousins? Do you pay Cook? So they have a lot of decisions on their own. And if if Packers can stay consistent and fix the holes that they got, I mean, they probably they probably win the division again and they'd be right there. And at least have the chance, you know. Yeah, yeah. As long as you have a division that you can at least get into the playoffs on a regular basis, that kind of is your window because right. uh, injury, injury here, there, or you catch the right matchup and you're and you're smooth sailing. Tennessee Titans. <laughs> um, piggybacking off this game, we saw that uh, Darrell Revis had took a shot at Richard Sherman. So, are we calling this hate about Darrell Revis or? Is he actually speaking some truth to this? And to be fair, I think a guy like Darrell Reeves can say something versus, you know, a corner that was good for two, like Nandi Osmond or whatever the name is, if he said something. Like, it's a difference. But it's a difference to me if a great say something versus, you know, a, a solid player. So I don't know, I don't know if Reeves' criticism is warranted, but both in their prime, I mean, they was the best corner at their position. So um, do you think it's more hate on him, or you think just Reeves trying to get back into the limelight? What do you think it is? Nah, I, don't, I can't say Reeves is hating on Sherman because they both made valid points. Um, the criticism throughout Sherman's career has always been he's only a one-side corner. He only plays certain ways, but he has proven – now, granted, the, the one-side of the field thing, that's fine because he, he was shutting down his side of the field. Right. Exactly. So, so I don't care what you can. They consider you, I don't. He doesn't care, and I don't care what they consider you a zone corner or whatever they want to consider you. You're shutting down your side of the field. So if you're doing that, you're good with me. You're you're doing your job. Right. So in that respect, okay, that's depending on how you look at it. Sherman was right. I mean, we were saying that. Yeah, he only plays one side of the field, but he's also elite at shutting down the side of the field. Well, whereas Revis traveled, so it's just a different perspective of what they feel like a corner should be they're both super bowl champions you already said as at their both their peaks during that era they were the best corner in the league um and then Sherman at a valid point Revis's ninth year didn't look like how Sherman's ninth year is looking so they both made good points you know it's not like 
you know, you can say, oh, well, this dude is crapping on this dude and he's all the way right or he his get back is all the way right. They both make good points. I, th- I think the, the only thing I can say that Sherman, Sherman uh, point wasn't valid was his t- you know, talking about team success. And like, because to me, that's, that's saying that Sherman, to me, the way Sherman was putting it out was how, how I took it was I'm on his team. That's why we go to the Super Bowl again while you're on the Jets and you can't do nothing about it. You know, and that's, you know, that's not really. No, that's not really fair to say. Because even even Jess, it, what didn't Reeves play with Mark Sanchez well, like, and win the three championships in a row? Well, like it's it's fair and unfair because on the, the team Reeves was on the first time, they made uh, AFC championship right, they lost. Yeah. So you know, there's still only a certain degree as a corner. There's only a, a certain degree of what you can do. Right. And then when he went to the Patriots, I think he was a key factor in the win the Super Bowl. So it only you know you can't pick and choose the matchups because I mean of course. Everybody ages, gets injured, or fades. I mean, and Rebus wasn't, you know, from the Buccaneers back to the Jets and things like that. He kind of was. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D virtual try on. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenni.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. The same guy, but that's just part of the game. He had already... I mean, he... I think he mastered the business game before Sherman did. I'm gonna just be yeah. a, I'm gonna be a one year a deal, one year contract corner. I'm going everywhere getting top dollar, twenty mil. Like he he became a hired gun. I thought it was smart, and now you got Sherman out here negotiating his own deals. So I think both of them are smart. They just kind of have a different philosophy of what a corner should be as far as uh stay on one side of the field versus a a shadow corner. I'm about to say I think the only. The only other beef, and it's not even beef, beef because Randy Moss always speaks highly of, in my opinion, of T.O. and Jerry. And Jerry speaks highly of Randy Moss, and I think T.O. as well. But, you know, T.O. You know, be taking shots at, uh, at Randy a lot, too, just because of, you know, of the, uh, the reason why T.O. didn't make the Hall of Fame for two or three years, which was blasphemous versus Moss, you know, being on TV. And so that kind of, you know, kind of watered down his, his uh, what was it called? Uh, his appearance or whatever it is, they kind of watered down and he was able to get in. You know, and we, we always had this type of beef where it's like, I'm better than you, you better than me, uh, you know, type type situations. And I think it's one of those, you know, Sherman had time today because he, he going to Super Bowl, so he got time. <laughs> that's, that's all I took from it. Yeah, like the T.O. and Randy thing, I won't, I won't stay on it too long, but to me, it, it, it's, it's just T.O. being, you know, he, he wants to put it full full context. Because there were times Randy came out and said, "Oh, I don't play hard every play." There right. were there were times where Randy mooned the crowd, and people were like, "Oh, that's disrespectful to the game, or whatever." Or, you know, at certain points in his career, he kind of was a diva, and it was never blown up in the media how it is when Teal goes somewhere and, "Oh, I he he flexes on the Dallas Star, and now it's a big thing." Oh, he's 
oh, eating popcorn, he's celebrating, or he's a locker room cancer. Like, those type of things were never brought to the full extent for Randy versus stats-wise, they're almost identical. They play almost a similar amount of games, so it's not like they were far off. So I, I just think he's trying to put it full context of we both had similar issues on the field, never had anything off the field because Randy had, you know, some marijuana things, some other stuff. So, but, you know, on the field, they both had their things, but off the field, T.O. was never a problem off the field as far as, you know, legal trouble. I saw the one time right. he had, they had the pills that they say he got the, you know, almost, almost died from that. But, you know, it's just full of context pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so did, did you see the news about Phillip Rivers? Deciding to well, not deciding, but you know they packed up and left San Diego finally because he was taking what that, that two hour trip every day to San Diego to to L.A., which was you know that's that's just crazy. But um, yeah, so he's he he's he's packed up and gone. So one is he is he just packing up to go move it to move closer to L.A. or is he packing up and he's out of the state? I mean, I think. Well, first of all, I want to know what moving company he used because with a family that big, I know they had, <laughs> I know they had a long day twenty one. trucks. <laughs> I know they had a long day. I want to know what moving company he used. I'm about first to say of all, two, I'm about to say a truck per per kid at least. <laughs> man, so I want to I want to know that first off. But as far as him moving, he said that he's moving out of San Diego permanently. He wants to be close to the family. He's down in Florida now. Um, I'm still rolling with my thing. He'll sign with the books <laughs> because. This what River skill set is what Arians does. They he airs it out. Arians likes to air it out. So, um, you know, nothing's been rumored or confirmed. That's just my gut feeling on that. But I think Rivers does want to play football. He said it in this last press conference. You know, he he loved San Diego. He loved the fans. But I think right now the franchise and his career are kind of at a crossroads, similar to Brady, similar to Breeze, similar to some other teams. So. With them being at that crossroad, it's probably better for them to go ahead and move on and for him to move on. So, I mean, if you're going to move on somewhere or you're going to move your location and be closer to the family, shoot, why not Florida? You're going from California with this high tax to Florida with no state tax? Man, you better go ahead and try to sign on with them bucks and make you a, a two-year run with Arians and Godwin and Evans because you basically have the same team you had in, on charges. Yeah, and I, and I would say at least offensively anyway, and defensively and, they they going in the right direction with with bowls. Yeah, and I would say at least you're going to be seven and nine because Arians, no matter what his roster looks like, he's going to be average at at, at minimum. And as long as you don't throw pick sixes to the other team, hey, he might he might turn around and win twelve games. You know. Yeah, with, with the way <laughs> Chargers' season have gone and the way Rivers' career has gone at certain points, he'll have a great year. Then he'll kind of go to like a. A twenty-eight and fourteen year for his touchdown and interceptions. After this past year, he could be in line for that thirty-two TDs, seven picks, and have a ten to six season being in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the books. It'll be different not seeing him in the, uh, you know, the baby blue and gold with the, with the lightning bolt. But if he goes to the books, I think that'll be good for his career at least for the next two years. He can kind of be their their stopgap until they kind of let. Potentially, Justin Herbert develop. Um, I don't know who whoever goes there. They better throw the ball to my boy Godwin because you know Godwin Dynasty. So I'm need <laughs> I'm gonna need that quarterback to be good and throw it to my boy. So that's all I know. Yeah, man. If you could potentially go from Keenan Allen and Mike Will to Evans and Godwin, that's not a downgrade at all. So I, no, I mean, definitely not. Um, so we had this fight, this UFC fight, Saturday. 
I was I think UFC two forty six. Yeah. Uh, UFC two forty six, and the main event. Uh, hopefully you was there when it started, because forty seconds it was over. Uh, Conor McGregor versus what's his name Cowboy Cerrone. Cow- yeah, Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone, Cerrone. I'm sorry, Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone. And you know, I thought it was you know a crazy win. I, I the, the shoulder the shoulder. First of all, that's that just that just smart. <laughs> I don't think I don't, I've never seen anybody use it before. Four shoulders to the face, and then a fall by a kick, and that's pretty much all she wrote. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, to diagnose a, a fight in four, that had that lasted forty seconds. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. Oh man, it was you know, as far as just the 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 stars coming out for it. It was big. Brady was there. You got Miles Garrett. They Norah Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, did. They, yeah, they 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 brought some stars out. I, mean, I don't want to do a whole rundown, but they brought a lot of stars out to Vegas for the for the fight. You know, Conor McGregor. He's the biggest star in UFC when he's when he's active. So that was a great thing for the sport to have him back. Um, I thought it would go at least one round and could get stopped in a second, but it didn't even go one minute. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I don't, I don't think Connor came in with that strategy. No, I, like I, I think it just kind of happened. Like when they kind of got close, they were kind of tying up, and I mean, if dude put his face kind of close to your shoulder and you, you hit him with it one time, and you're like, oh, he didn't even move it. You do it again. Now he, he still didn't move it. Now his nose right, bleeding. Yeah, yeah, now his nose bleeding. You didn't got him with a third and fourth one. Nose is broken, and so now he's trying to regroup. And once he missed that punch, it was like perfect timing. He threw his punch. Connor threw his kick. It connected. It was basically all over then. Because once he hit the mat, Connor's a a knockout finisher. So once he went for the kill, I mean, the referee was like on top of him. He knew it was almost (laughs) – he was almost dead. He hit the ground. He was almost dead to rights then. So if if he would have got up, it would have been very surprising. That would have meant Connor let off the gas pedal. But he stayed on the gas pedal and got the finish. I was kind of glad that the ref let it keep going, like instead of just stopping it so early, like let him let him try to you know recover a little bit. But yeah, it's it's hard to hard to re- recap a forty second fight. And uh, I asked you what what is next for Conor McGregor? I seen Floyd started posting stuff, and uh, I think what Khabib is on is on the docket. So uh, what's next for Conor, man? Uh, it kind of depends, like as far as how his potential opponents fare in the upcoming fights. Um, I know he probably wants that mega payday again. So, you know, Floyd can always be in the background marketing himself. I mean, then that's, that, <laughs> that, that's, that's 15, 20 mil just sitting there just by even signing that's 15, 20 mil versus when you're going to fight, you know, somebody in your, your actual sport, you'll probably get seven to nine, seven to 10 mil, which is still great. <laughs> that's still yeah, exactly. Great, but, yeah. But when you're looking at fighting Floyd, that's that's 20 mil plus some pay-per-view back in, all that kind of stuff, and some some of the live gate is different. But I, I think he's serious about the sport right now. He'll probably try to take on um, – since he didn't have any injuries, anything like that, we may see Connor back around maybe May, June, just because, I mean, I mean de- depending upon how his potential opponents come out in their fights the next few months, we may see Connor back in a big fight in the, in the octagon around the summertime. And, of course, if that goes well, we could probably catch a November, December bout with Floyd again because, I mean, I don't think either one of them going to pass up 25, 30 mil. No. <laughs> I was about to say, and after that, if Connor wins that, and I mean, he's not going to beat Floyd, but he wins, wins the summer fight and fight him, and you can just coast to the sunset. You good. Like, 
You said, man, he, he could have coached it after the first fight with Floyd. That's why he kind of <laughs> lost a little motivation. You know, you didn't make that kind of money, man. It's it's hard to get motivated. I think Marvin Hagler said, man, it's hard to get motivated when you're sleeping on silk sheets. <laughs> so, man, you're right. You're right. You're right. I mean, you got to get up and go run six, eight miles, and you can, you, you laying around in silk pajamas, silk bed sheets, mansion. It's kind of hard to stay motivated, but that's, that's what separates the greats from from good to average. You you stay locked in, motivated at all times, no matter what what your bank account looks like. Yeah, I, I think I think it was his timing too, because you know he just had his his, his newborn son, so I, I feel like that was a, also a motivation. Like, uh, I'm sitting on all this money. Just fought Floyd, my my son right here. Let, let me watch, you know, I can play him, you know, watch, watch him. Cause you know, you've seen a lot of deaths happen oh, last yeah. year, you know, boxing and, and UFC. So it's kind of like, you know, let me just enjoy my, my my child while I can and then I can go back whenever I want to. Cause like you said, he is a big star in UFC. So And to be Shut- fair, I'm not gonna add like Cerrone was like this outstanding opponent. He's a good opponent, but not like the level that Connor's trying to get to, like for us, like this will submit me at the top of my weight class, top of the sport. So Ronnie's a steady hand, tough guy. He's been tough, but he his last few fights he has been on the the wrong the wrong end of those. So tough. <laughs> no, he's good. He good fighter, well respected in, in the UFC realm. And but but Connor did what he was supposed to do to someone who's considered lesser opposition, pretty much. So just to be fair and full contest, great performance, but. In perspective, this wasn't like the top-notch opposition. Um, next, next on the docket, we have um, Blazers. Man, we—I don't know. I just feel like I feel like they now they, they now they want to make all these moves. And I, to me, to be honest, I think they're all a little too late. Uh, they made a move. They traded what, Kent Bazemore, and they got what Wayne Gabriel's. Uh, I think um, somebody else mistake, but but the big name was Trevor Reese. and now he's over there. I think he's on a two-year. Fifteen million dollars a year contract, if I'm not mistaken, that he signed with the Kings for whatever reason he thought going to the Kings was was the, was the right move, but now he's on the Blazers. And I've seen you tweet tweet the Dame is you know CJ about, hey you got you got Melo you got Ariza, if y'all came if y'all can't win if y'all can't get this AFC which is not a that's not a hard thing to get it's not like you have to have a winning record to get it, you know one you need to come on this podcast. You need you need to you need to tweet us something because hey you got you got the wings now that that was that's been the that's been the whole thing the whole time is you need some scoring from the wings you got Melo you got a reason who can play defense from the wings he's got somebody who can I'm not gonna say stop him but you got somebody who can who's gonna guard Kawhi and LeBron down the line and you got somebody Melo who can give you front court scoring no excuse yeah I thought preseason when we did our NBA preview, I was like, this roster is basically Dame, CJ, and nothing else. It, it, it's built how they were built when they went 41 and 41 a year. That was my main thing. Like, it's not a whole lot of depth to it. So what did they do? They went and got white side. Okay. Nurkic is out. Understand that. After a little while, they kind of feel double like, double. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Walking double-double pretty much. Solid defender and all, all that good stuff. All right. Now we need some more wing help. We got too many young guys. We got little and all these guys because Aminu's gone. So Let's go get Melo. You bring in Melo. You do right by him. You guarantee his deal. You're still below 500. All right. What's next? Now you go get a reason. So basically, by getting a reason, I feel like that basically has cemented your closing five, no matter who you're playing. When you get Nurkic back healthy, you can do Melo at your four, a reason at your three, and of course you got the mama's boys, Damon, CJ at your one and two. 
So that's just because they live their mom for anybody who don't know about Damon CJ. Like they lived their mom for a long time. So shout out Jay Rose uh, for calling the, the Mama's Boys backcourt duo. <laughs> so that's basically like your closing five when everything is right, you know. That's not. That's not, not a bad, bad five. It's, five. Not a, it's not a. It's really. It's really not a bad five. It's, I mean, it's probably it, if you can if you rank this team, it's probably at least you can you can name maybe eight or nine teams better with the closing five than that. I mean, it's not that many. Yeah, it's like that's a good closing five because you can you can basically switch almost everything because Damian CJ they're not great defenders but they're not trash. Either. They can you, right. can you you can still switch everything. Let's just say Melo or Reese are having an off night. You still got. Nazir Little who can give you some minutes. You still got Anthony Simons who can give you some minutes. So there kind of is no excuse to not get the eight seed. There's really not an excuse to at least be competitive in whatever first round series you get. Because if you get swept again, I need wholesale changes. Everybody, Somebody, everybody, I go. Everybody. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I understand Portland is the market they're in. Them. Yeah, I mean Dame is your cornerstone, and I mean, I like CJ there, but I think if they were to make a wholesale change, that would probably be the guy that, that goes. Granted, that probably wouldn't be smart because you probably won't get back good value for him. He's old. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you probably won't get back good value for him. So it kind of depends upon how their organization looks at their team. Do you run it back or do you decide to say, hey, we're going to stay the same? Now, I would say the reason why the Blazers do lose – it, it will still be because of depth. I mean, Rodney Hood, what? Dean Terry's Achilles, I believe. And then yeah. Zach Collins ain't been. Zach Collins, I think Zach Collins is gone for the year, too. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Zach, yeah, 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 I know Zach has been up for a while. Yeah, so you, so that, that, that is two guys because, you know, Zach was supposed to be that, you know, you know how we've been saying Kevin Love, Kevin Love, Kevin Love. Stretch four, yeah. Right. That That's what they was missing. And Zach Collins was, was, was fitting that role perfectly, you know, toward the playoffs. He, in the playoffs, he was doing that. So, you know that's something that's something they probably miss. Uh, Kalos Swinnigan was a guy I'm thinking of that was involved in that trade, so I think he's back with it for his second stint in Portland. But hey, Wayne, Wayne Gabriel, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to be on the, the roster. I don't know if he play if he's going to play G League like he did. But when he when he played, I mean, I mean, he's a he's a guy who can he can hit shots. He's long, six ten. Uh, he can rebound, play defense. So he's a guy. Maybe you know, maybe he might he might find some minutes on 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 this team. I don't know if he's going to be a factor or not. But but yeah, Blazers, man. Hey, if you can't get if you can't get the C, like I, I <laughs> you don't you don't have to have a winning record. I mean, to me, it just comes down to how they've they've drafted. Like they at one point they were nailing picks like Brandon Roy. Um, I know Lamarcus Aldridge was like the draft they trade thing already in the works as far as like the pick swap, all that kind of stuff. Of course, they got Dame, they got CJ, so they were you know they were hitting on draft picks at certain points. But I think in recent years, unless these guys turn into something major, Denizio Little, the Gary Trent, or I mean, just anybody you drafted the last three years, if they don't Zach Collins, like if they're not turning into something that is going to be a great trade piece for something else. Or they're not going to emerge until your next star. You're kind of stuck. Yeah, I I would say this. All right, <clears throat> let's all right. Let's say for example. So right now they are the 11, 11 seed. Memphis is twenty and twenty three. They're eighteen and twenty six. So they're two and a half games back. Now when you look at Grizzlies, when you look at Spurs, their when they, their record versus the conference is about five hundred. Portland is ten and eighteen in the West. So you're not you 
you can't help yourself if you if you lose to everybody. Um, you know that 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 includes the teams better than them, and also losing to the to the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Suns of the world. So basically, they've already played. 10 18, that's 28 games. They've already played over half of the schedule versus the West out of 50 games. So, you know, maybe that's that, that, that road trip to the East. Maybe that's the well, well, that now they, they, they play half because normally yeah, you play 41. 52 and 52 and 30. 52, because you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, play, yeah, yeah. You, you play East twice, so 30. Right, right. So, so, 50, so you're already 10 and 18 out of 28 out of 52. I mean, you're gonna struggle to get even 500 in the West. I mean. Sacramento are worse. <laughs> the Sacramento is is the 14th seed at 15 to 28. Uh, there are they're three games back from the Portland Trailblazers, and they're 11 and 16 in the West. <laughs> they they have a better record in the West. So I mean, it's just, even the Pelicans are are 12 and 17. That's better than 10 to 18. So this could be the year. I mean, Portland they they trying. They, that's what I I think we can say. They are trying with Melo and Ariza, but maybe blowing up might not be the thing they have to do. Maybe they win the lottery. Maybe they win the lottery and they can get somebody and they can come right back. I mean, if we, if we talking about like, what, what I mean, maybe a hey, uh, let's say let's say they win the lottery, you have different options because you can go get Wiseman, who's a big center. You can that means you can go ahead and move on from Whiteside and and even Nurkic if you you can find trade value for them. Oh, well, or, well, 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 Whiteside, I don't know because he on the expiring deal, so right, he out anyway. And Nurkic, I think, just signed like a, a four year forty, four year forty eight, something like that. But then you also can trade CJ, get some other stuff back, and you can go draft Lamelo Ball and have you a six eight guard with Dane, who can interchange. Cause Dane, Dane can play off ball. It's not like you can't. So you put some and, and get that pressure off him, just like with, with CJ. So I mean, you you can you can turn your team around. If you're not gonna make it, you might as well go ahead and just fight it out. And what happens happens. Cause the Pelicans are looking like they're turning their season around with Zion on the way back. Um, Cat is finally back from Minnesota, so that's two teams that's under them that can find them way away above the Portland Trailblazers, and King's gonna get bag, bagged it back at some point. So basically, everybody who's behind them has a reason. They're their best player. Oh, okay, Zion is potentially their best player. Been out. Cat, the best player, Timberwolves out. Bagley, one of their best players, and then the Warriors last, but obviously Clay ain't no Curry. So that's another another team with injuries. So everybody behind them has a good reason to be behind them. Portland, what's your what's your excuse? You know, Rodney Hood. There's no way. There's, there's no way your team that bad because of Rodney Hood. I mean, just based upon expectations and of course, like that's how I just that's how I just teams just your expectations. So Portland, they're out in the West. They're not really they're not really pegged to win a championship. How like when the Lakers do anything, they have to win a championship. Right. And now the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul, Paul George and. You know, we got to see how that plays out. And I think Denver's maybe a year or two away from creeping into they had to win the championship now. I think the Mavs are a year or two away from that kind of mode too. And then, of course, with the Warriors, based just based upon having Clay, Steph, Draymond, D'Angelo, Steve Kerr, and what they could potentially trade for or sign, they're in championship or bust mode. So if they don't win a championship – well, if the Blazers don't win the championship, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, when you have guys like Dane, who's a top ten player in the game, you do want to try to at least get him to one, you know, one finals at least. Right. 
Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't wait, know wait, 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 wait. It's going to be hard because you got LeBron and AD, Kawhi and PG, and these other other young teams, like you mentioned, Pelicans, Kings, like these other teams, Denver, Dallas, like these other teams are coming. And we like – we both love D-Book. Suns might be on their way hey, in, in a hey, year the or two. Suns. <laughs> I like that. So, so Blazers might be on their way. They might they have – I think last year they peaked, man. They probably on the downside going forward. Yeah, and you were lucky to get to the conference championship. Um, based off injuries and stuff, but um, and we didn't even mention Houston, what they gonna do going forward, right? Yeah, as long as they got James Harden, they probably will be better than the Blazers, uh, uh, eight seed, <laughs> one of the eight seeds, anyway. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so probably hey, maybe, maybe this is I, I'm not gonna say this is a splash, I think this is more of a drip, uh, <laughs> that they made in the West, uh, because I, I just don't see them catching the Grizzlies, I don't see them catching the Spurs. And and Phoenix in there, they only like I said, they only two games above them. I just I don't know. Maybe maybe a reason might be the piece. I, I'm not gonna knock it off until I see it. But I I, I know I know they they're they're susceptible to losing to like somebody in the West. Like like let's say Portland has a has a game where they have Pelicans, Jazz, Warriors, Clippers. They still might go on for like and and that you know that's that's bad. Especially when you have yeah. two gimmies, you know. Yeah, they're 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 in a bad spot. Well, they're in an okay spot, it, it, but it could get bad in a hurry. Man, hashtag tank for the memo. <laughs> that, that's that's my answer. <laughs> we'll have to see. Um, lastly, um, the so the All Star game is coming up. I mean, maybe like two weeks. Uh, I know maybe a two weeks after the Super Bowl. So yeah, I, it, it's on uh, the sixteenth of February. So my my I I finally put my my first vote in and I probably gonna leave it at that I'm only gonna vote one time just like I did for Pro Bowl, so we can discuss who we think the starters should be and why really quick. Uh, I I think I think that there's not many two guys that can be debated for the starting gig, uh, but 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 def, definitely um I think we might have a, a couple of different answers. So we, let's let's start in the West. Um, I have Anthony Davis, LeBron James from the Lakers, of course. Um. Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers, Luca, and James Harden. As my I, have, I have the exact same for the West. That, that's that's basically three of the top MVP runners. Mm-hmm. Prob- probably the potential defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis, and then you have Kawhi, who's basically the best reigning Finals MVP. Even though last season doesn't count, he's the reigning Finals MVP, and he's basically when he's on the floor, the Clippers are dominant. So, and they're what. Think third in the West as of today, so yeah, I, that, that, that that's the right starting five. I, I would I would say the, a, a couple of guys that did catch my attention, and I, I really I really couldn't vote for Cat because if he missed so many games, to me I don't really take I don't really take winning too much into consideration for All Star game, um, because it, you know it's it's more about the individual, and you know Cat as far as what he's doing, he's right up there with all these guys. It's just the fact that he missed. Damn near a month, and I, you know, I don't feel like a guy like Cat or, or or Paul George should be starters, um, and may or may not even make the All Star game depending on that factor alone of being hurt. Um, but hey, a lot of there's been a lot of injuries this season, so and a lot of injuries that people guys ain't haven't even played. So that's that's another reason. But Cat, I looked at Paul George. I thought I thought they, you know, if if they did make it, they were, I mean, they were worthy of it because they have played great seasons. When they have played, um, but those are two guys I even looked at besides those five. Uh, for a starter, I didn't look at anybody else. Like to me, that was that was it. Like the, the Randy Harden has had some 
crazy shooting nights. Um, but, Tell for me the most, <laughs> but for the most part, Harden's been dominant. I mean, you're averaging 37. You have to be. You, you got to put him in there. Hey, come on. Like, dude, you're, you're, you're the leading scorer in the NBA. You're in there. By far. Luca's <laughs> one of the top two or three for MVP, getting nightly triple doubles. He deserves it. LeBron is leading the league in assists. At his age, he I think he's top five to seven in points right now. Mm-hmm. He ha- he has to be in there. Like I said, AD right now, if I had to vote, he missed a few games. But right now, I think AD is the defensive player of the year. He has to be there. And Kawhi, I think he's the best wing wow. defender. <laughs> he's, a- he's averaging like 26, 27, and he's carrying the Clippers. Well, he's not carrying. He's leading the Clippers. So that's why – that that's my five as well. All right, so that's that's pretty much easy. In the East, uh, who do you have? Uh, in the East, for the three forwards, um, of course you got to go Giannis. I think he's number one right now for MVP. Yep. He's, I mean, leading the league in double-doubles. Um, he's one of the top scorers in the league. <laughs> I mean, one of the highest field goal percentage in the league. And to a certain extent, he's taken a step up in his game with his jump shot. It's not the best, but it's been some spots where he has – taking a somewhat step up in his game. So Giannis, for sure. Um, I debated this one, but I'm going to go Jimmy as well. What the Heat are doing, I can't say it's all on him, but he's a big part of it to where they've, where they've gotten to. So I'm going to go Jimmy. And then he's missed some games, but when he's been out there, he's been dominant. I'll say Embiid. Now, if he stays hurt and can't make it, I'll go Pascal Siakam. But for right now, I'm going Giannis, Jimmy Butler, and Embiid. And at the guard spots, Kimba, what the Celtics are doing, I think it's not because of him again, but he's one of the key factors to it. And I think uh, I got to go Trey Young. I understand the team is only has nine, ten wins, but come on. Trey's been a highlight reel. Numbers are crazy. He's one of the top guys. The usage rate is crazy. I mean, they have – they lost Collins for 25 games. I mean, Trey only did what he could do. He's one of the top five, I think, in points and assists as well. So just based upon, like, it is a, when they say your Hall of Fame resume, they say seven-time All-Star. They don't say seven-time All-Star team was team was at forty-one <laughs> and whatever at All-Star break. It's, it's 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 your individual resume. So right, based upon the numbers, Trey Trey's All-Star. Um, I pretty much have the same except, so I didn't vote NB. I voted Pascal Siakam. I think he has a better season. I think I think when we talk, when we talk about our NBA preview, I was sitting there saying like Raptors still gonna be there like and people you know oh they're losing Kawhi Leonard so you know they're going back blah 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 no they're still a top three team and he I mean, he missed games as well um, but he's he's playing lights out they're they're, they're a top three seed right now nine back from Milwaukee Bucks and you gotta think with Kawhi they're probably what three or four games back so. And we were saying that Siakam was on that Giannis trajectory, and and boom, he took he took another step. So um, I, I'm going I'm going Siakam for for me, Jimmy, and I'm going Giannis of all the things you said. And for my backcourt, it's a little different. I didn't go Kim, I did go Trey Young. I did go Trey Young. I, I do agree with you on that. Um, I actually went Brandon Beal, and I know I I've been riding him hard uh, for him uh, deciding to stick with the Wizards, um, but he's still playing phenomenal. He took another step up. I think he's putting up like 27 points a game, like five and five. I mean, th- those stats alone is just what it is. And, and yeah, we can say he's on a losing team, same thing with Trey, but 
obviously you put Trey Young on a winning team or Bradley Beal on a winning team, we're talking about them in a whole different light. So um, I, I went Bradley Beal because one, I one I think I think you you can go him or Kimba. I mean Kimba's not a bad choice either. Um, but you know I, I've I've seen games where Kimba probably the most consistent one out of the the Boston bunch, but. Wizards need Bradley Beal to even try to compete, which they never do. But they, they without him, they they really do can't do it. Just like Trey Young, so I went Bradley Beal. Yeah, my my tiebreaker like when numbers are close, I use winning or winning situation as a tiebreaker. But for the most part, I just look at what are you doing individually, and I just think Kimba's having a career year, and most of his 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 numbers, and of course, so he's kind of like. Taking the Celtics up a notch a little bit, in my opinion. So I gave him a nod because of good numbers. Celtics are winning situation, and I think Trey Trey is undeniable. I mean, just granted the team, like I said, team is bad. Usage is high, but to be where he's at points and assist wise, I I, I would go him over over Bill. But I, I would have Bill as reserve though. I think I think Bill and Ben are my two reserve guards. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it just it, it just it just depends on um, you know what you look at, and you know it, my thing is if if people do want to give me the the, the flack about Bradley Beal's not winning, then I'm always going to use the Trey Young. Like, yeah, he he's probably the undeniable, but hey, I mean this this guy this guy is on it too. You know what I mean? Like he's not it's not like he it's not like he barely doing something. Like he, he he's on a rampage, and yeah, probably because you know he don't have any help. That does help. So. um but yeah, I, I I think definitely Bradley Bill and Kim both be there. Um, it, it's, it's a lot of guys that we you know that we left off um, in the East and West. I, I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see what the coaches do because obviously we know the starters are going to be voted by 50 percent fan, 50 percent uh, fans, 25 players, 25 percent coaches. So uh, we'll, we'll just see. Like we we know Caruso and all that, he's not going to make it, and Kyrie. Like to be honest, like he better not. He better not make the list. Like he, 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 better, he, better, he better not be the reserve. No, he no, he better not make a team at all. I'm sorry, you can't miss what 25 something games. And when you play, of course, you're gonna be good because there's there's nobody else on your team. He, he heard like, you know, about his hamstring yeah. tight. Yeah, so I I don't I really don't want to hear that. He's talking about some <clears throat> people want to see the best players. People want to see the players who be playing. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, like just just because just, just your name is Kyrie, don't mean you just made an All Star game. Like I'm not right. with that. Like, dude, nah. you need to, you got to be on the your your team not winning. You weren't helping them win. You missing all these games, bro. No, you. This is a year you cannot make the All Star team. Yeah, nah, def, definitely not. Um, but yeah. So here, here's the top five leaders, and to me, this I'm not saying this is why I voted him, but it's a, it's a, it is a big reason. James Harden number one, Giannis number two, Trey Young, Luca, and Bradley Beal. That's the top five leading scores in the NBA. And uh, we talked about, and this is the reason why, another reason why LeBron, Luca, and Trey Young are are double down, double down while they're in there. LeBron James leading, leading uh, assists, Luca third, and Trey Young fourth. Like those, you know, you can just look at you can look at the stats, and it, it tells you right there, like who who who's there, and who's not. Um, ben Simmons, like you said, reserve. He's top five in assists, number one in steals. You know he's gonna be there because he. And I don't know, man. I feel like this little everybody. I've been seeing a lot of people harp on Ben Simmons a lot. I don't know. I don't know what y'all want this man to do. 16, 8, and 9. Is that not enough? I mean, I mean, I mean, y'all want him to score 27 points too? I mean, he's not, he's not Luca. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not Luca. He's not, he's not James Harden. So I'm sorry that he don't shoot threes. I'm sorry, y'all. 
Yeah, like I would like him to get to eighteen to twenty, but what he's <clears> doing, what he's doing now is good. And like I like being like I'm one of those guys that I don't like when people crap on Lonzo Ball. It's like like it, the dude came into like whenever guys only play one year of college, it's been shown that they take longer to develop unless you're just a LeBron James who can walk right in, or you're a Luka who can walk right in and just dominate. Most guys who only play that one year of college ball, they need time to come in. And it takes about two years to get adjusted to the NBA because these guys already have their NBA bodies. Like right. you have to work into yours, and and then you'll see how um, you know, see how your game comes together and what you can be. I mean, the knock on Ben is, is he can't or won't shoot. It doesn't matter. He's still one of the best defensive players, one of the best passers, and stuff like that. So like, I don't. Hey, really, six nine. Like he's big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't really knock Ben. I just feel like. As most people do, him and MB can't coexist together. That, that's really it. Now, <clears throat> on, on, on that, okay, so Luca, for example, let's just say Luca versus Ben, for example. All right, passability, I mean, they both do a pretty, lot. Pretty, pretty much the same. Luca is one sided. Ben Simmons can play both ends, right? Luca shoots the ball. He's he take, he taking 20 shots a game right now. He's doubling what Ben Simmons is taking a game. Obviously, he's gonna score more points. I mean, that's just simple. He averaging what 20, 29 points a game. So with 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 ten more shots than than Ben Simmons gets, if Ben Simmons' volume rate was was that high, his scoring would go up. I mean, that's just I mean that's just simple math. I mean, I, I don't know how to paint the picture. The people say like, when it when is almost averaging a triple double bad. I just don't you know I don't because we say he don't shoot, he can't shoot. Uh, let's let's say if he can't. But then y'all criticize Russell Westbrook for shooting all these shots. You can't, you can't, I mean, you can't win. There's no way for you to win. Like, you don't shoot and have a better IQ and make a better decision versus shooting a jump shot you know you can't make and keep jacking them after you can't make them. <laughs> and, 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 and be a, I was about to say being inefficient. And sometimes Russ have high turnovers. Being don't really turn the ball over that much either. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, you just, you just you can't have you can't have both both sides of the spectrum and and think you know you you're going to win. So I mean, I mean if if you shot more, of course that's going to be. I think I think it's going to happen. I mean Giannis Giannis wasn't a shooter and now he's starting to pull it. He didn't pull like that either. So it's it's it's, it's going to come. And once he does that, I mean what what can you say about Ben? Because he's going to take let's say let's say his shots go from eleven to sixteen a game, and those sixteens are threes, and he make two of them. So now instead of him averaging 16, he averaging 22 points with nine and nine. Like, boom. I mean, that's he's one of the best players in the league. That, just, just that fast. Yeah, like it's one of those things, man, where people can't make up their mind. Oh, oh, LeBron the GOAT. He ain't got six rings. Well, damn, Mike ain't Mike ain't got eleven, so build a goat. <laughs> like, bro, pick a pick a dang side, man. Like you can't yeah. you can't you can't be trying to change the argument up when it when it fits your when it fits your narrative. Oh like oh, so now now rings matter, but in this case it don't matter. Like, I mean it's the same thing. Like, okay, well, the numbers matter. But he shoot fifteen more shots, but now the numbers don't matter. So like, man, yeah. Yeah. You, you gotta, you got, you gotta be consistent. You gotta. I'm not, I'm not saying. Okay, I like to pick a side and stick to it, and that's just what it is. But I, I understand there is great area, but don't try to argue for both sides either. Yeah, that's what it is. Don't, don't try yeah. to argue for both sides. Like, don't, don't, don't say one minute, oh, Ben is this, and then next minute be like Russ is this. Now you, because it's like you said, it's no win. 
Yeah, you can't. You you definitely can't win about it. Um, did you know when they're going to announce the uh the All Stars? Uh, they're gonna do the starters on Thursday the twenty third, and then they'll announce the reserves on the thirtieth. So which is next Thursday? All right, so we'll we'll come back to y'all next week about um the All Star starters. What we think about that, and of course, I think what the draft is going to happen with the reserves. So we're going to see team most likely team Giannis versus team Luca. That's what I hope. I mean, I think LeBron took the leading vote getters, but um, Team Young or Team Luka would be great in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's time just to – I mean, I love LeBron, and I want to appreciate him while he's here. So if he gets it, I won't be mad. But uh-huh. I think I think if Doncic versus Giannis gets it, that'll be a, a intriguing uh, intriguing draft uh, philosophy for, for both guys. How about to say, I think, I think Luke – remember that video? Luka was upset that he didn't make the All-Star. And if, to, to go from – no, not, not making, making it, it to be in the captain. Be, be, yeah, be, because that's just, basically, because because last year he did have the fan vote. He just didn't get the the player and coaches. Right, uh, right. Not. Yeah. So yeah. So so I mean, hey, I, I think I think I think that's great in itself. And I think two international players uh, picking against each other. I think I think that'd be great because you know uh, Olympics coming up, and I think you know that just all fit to fit fit the theme of uh, what was about to happen. So it's going it's going to be good, especially after, especially who get picked last. That's that, that's always fun. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, like they, yeah, they got to start doing it. Uh, like what's what's the name? The Mister Irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's all the time we got. Uh, from Kev to Rashad, preach, Kev, preach with Rashad. We are the prophets here on Twelve Ounce Sports, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Hey, we out. Hey, happy retirement to Dean Pease too, man. Great career. Damn, I didn't know that nigga thought. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Save your most important documents, videos, and photos in the cloud. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, you get a full terabyte of secure OneDrive storage that you can access across all your devices. As part of your subscription, you get the added benefit of additional OneDrive personal vault storage. Using a second set of identity verification, this gives you an extra layer of protection for your most important and private files. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash memories.